Hey, y'all. You're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. It's going to be pussy and party, ain't it? (laughs) (laughs) Before they even get on the screen, I was like, oh my God. It's an important question to ask. <laughs> Jeez, um, peas, what? It's an equivalent to who all going to be there. These are questions that must be asked before your attendance <laughs> is confirmed. I understand, but I'm just like, really, y'all? Before the folk keep even get on the screen, we talking shit. But okay. So that's one of my quotables. That whole opening scene right there, that whole, you know, before the credits even started rolling. Yeah. That that whole conversation. <laughs> I have so many. Before before I jump into them though, I just want to say, hey y'all. Um, we are going to be talking about the 1993 classic film Menace to Society. It is classified as a teen hood drama film. Um, I completely and utterly disagree. However, this is an action comedy to me. This movie is hilarious. What? I love every second of it i cannot watch this movie without stomach pains from complete laughter like hurry up and buy that's not funny to you hurry up and buy hurry up and buy is funny okay okay however listeners i also want to let you know that there's going to be some vulgar language especially with these uh quotables we're going to be coming up with because this whole movie is just nothing but cussing um true church friends this might not be the episode for you (laughs) I already said pussy, so <laughs> you know you can say pussy on TV. You can say pussy believe on it. TV. I believe yeah. it. You can say ass hell, damn. Okay, so hurry up and buy. Hurry up and buy. Definitely, that's definitely something. Um, is that's racist <clears throat> that I've had some of my friends and myself say. Not ra- I guess it is racist. If you said it to an Asian person, you're racist. But if you just say it in reference to hurry up and, and uh, make this purchase, then because no. we definitely use it on our merch site. So if um, shameless plug right here, if you haven't already, please go to our website and buy this. Hurry up and buy this merch and, and you can find all of your items <laughs> related to diagnosis, sick and movies. But if you said it to a race, uh, an, Asian, an Asian person, you're an asshole and you should feel no, bad about yourself. I haven't said it okay. to a, race, a Asian person. It's just going into the beauty supply store and then realizing like they watching us and then you say, hurry up and buy to your yeah, friends. No, see, that's in good context. That's <laughs> you know? in good context. So that's, I understand that's that. how we do that. And, you know, I was like, damn, I didn't realize that, that I got it from this movie. So in all honesty, I haven't watched the film from that beginning clip. Of, of them talking, walking into the convenience store to the end. Like, I, I never, as a kid, like, I never really, not not even as a kid, but even as an adult, sat down and watched it in its entirety. And I'll be honest with you, it is not my favorite film. I do not like it. It made me I love it. You know what? I don't like it either. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell the people why you love it, psycho. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, I it's painful. 
it's painful if you look at the actual uh, like context of the movie and view mm. these like as people's real lives experiences. But it's not that it's a movie and it's funny and it's it life has to be funny. There's pain and there's and there's laughter in everyday life. So you have to take the punches and roll with them. Okay, I can't you- help it that I'm more resilient and that these movies roll off me and I get to appreciate <laughs> The quality of art that exists mm, mm, while you mm, are traumatized mm. and need to debrief afterwards. <laughs> Baby, nowadays, yes. Especially in the context in which I'm looking at these movies, I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? Oh, that child is going to be scarred for life. He held a gun. And was Okay, so right there, let's, let's address that. Let's address that. Why is... Teaching children young about guns, gun safety. How is that a negative? Why is it, it only is in- a negative? Because in the context of how he was being taught to use the gun. Let me show you, you know how saying? to hold it. Like, you no, know, if you're going to uh, operate, you need to be taught the correct way to handle a firearm. You need yes. to give it a certain level of respect. So, no, stop playing. Let me show you how to use, operate, be around, take bullets out. Like, I feel like that is a teachable moment for a child. I don't see the problem with it. Not when he's actually able to see a man get shot within the same matter of the night. We live in America. He's shooting every day on video games. He's watching motherfucking Wally Coyote shoot all types of cannons and bitches. No one watches Wiley Coyote anymore. No. <laughs> Except for Space Jam. But you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The cartoons is, is beheading other characters and, and shooting all types of stuff at them. Like... When it comes down to being self-defense, yes. You know, you talk about it. You, you kind of go through it. But I think there's a certain age that you can have that conversation with. And it has to have the appropriate context. And I feel like those individuals both Kane and the the gentleman that taught him Pernell. when he was Pernell, mm-hmm. um, that taught him, it was how I saw it was this is how you survive on the streets, and that's not how I want my how I feel kids need to be able to learn how to survive on the streets. That's an unfortunate way. Is that their reality? Is that the reality of many people in America? Absolutely. But I don't think it's 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 the right way. I think kids just to be kids. Let them be kids. I agree with that part. But uh, we're just going to have to also then agree to disagree on the children learning early. Because I feel like if you can see people's heads blown off and that is your reality and guns are readily available, I feel like it is... I can't stop what you're going to do outside of my out of my home, but I can prepare you for certain things. And so if guns are a part of our reality, I'm going to teach you how to engage with them in a safe manner. I'm going to teach you. I feel like that's a part of gun control is teaching people, everyone, educating them on how to handle, how to use in a proper and safe manner. And I feel like there is nothing wrong with teaching children that if there are, especially if there are guns in the home, because they need to know it's not a toy. It's not nothing to play with. As there might be, you know, it's not a water gun because you're a kid and you play with toys. Like, I feel like that's important. So I felt like, and then again, this is why I can see the funny and you're like, oh my God, this poor child. (laughs) Now, Samuel Samuel L. Jackson always just makes things just funny to me because he always adds the (laughs) motherfucker in it. 
<laughs> he's like, you owe me money, motherfucker. <laughs> he said, hell no, nah, but here you go. <laughs> so that part, I was like, <laughs> but there was not a part I really was like, key, 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 laughing back. No, I'm sorry. This was a sad Is that a double burger with cheese? That's not funny to you? Double burger, uh, some fries. What the fuck I said with cheese, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> See y'all made me shoot your stupid ass over nothing. Oh, you got a page or two. You're a baller, huh? You're a baller? You're this motherfucking shit. Better me than the motherfucking cops, nigga. <laughs> oh, you really thought that was funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, what what was kind of somewhat kind of like funny, but like in this really awkward way was when the base head, what they call him? What the they call that? Is it <laughs> I just want to make sure he got I had the right these name. cheeseburgers. <laughs> yes. And then, and why is it that every time it's someone that's a base head, they be like, I suck your dick. Like, seriously? Is that because, what they be doing at LA? Be, because it was a lot of drug dealers out here that was accepting dick sucks for payment. Like, uh, what's his name from Boys in the Hood? Dookie. <laughs> Like <laughs> Dookie, <laughs> weren't they in the same block? I'm just kidding. This was Watts, California. That was that was Compton, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, um, well, uh, <laughs> Southern LA, but very different um, neighborhoods. And with traffic, same takes behavior. a long time to get between the two. Same um, behaviors, though. <laughs> different neighborhoods, same behavior. <laughs> Stay up, Kate. Don't die. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> getting blood everywhere all over like really we still mad at you about that really old dog <laughs> you're mad about me bleeding out almost about to die <laughs> you almost died <laughs> hey, we still mad at you about that <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> your car old dog why is you mad <laughs> you okay, to throw your outfit back. away Right. Oh, oh, you mean them basic ass jeans and that white tee? You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, it hurts. See the laughter. It- <laughs> the, oh, wow, you're really tickled. I can't stand you. <laughs> I ain't going out like Willie Lump Lump. Shit, I ain't going out like Willie Lump Lump. <laughs> right. And then he's like, is Willie Lump Lump real? Like, <laughs> is, that, is that a real person? Is Willie Lump Lump a real person? What happened? What had happened to Willie Lump Lump? He got lumps and then died? So when I was a kid, I just thought it meant like, because they was talking about uh, using condoms, so I thought it meant yeah. like maybe he had lump lumps on his Willie. But then mm. I feel like I'm going to get my ghetto card taken away because I'm not exactly sure who Willie Lump Lump is. And <laughs> I know the, the George Google Jackson shirt. song, though, that Willie Lump Lump is a, what, is a dummy. It's something like Willie Lump Lump is a dumb dumb. Or something like that. Did Willie oh, Lump Lump legend. catch AIDS? It's about a little see the and there's a children's book and the little boy, it's a little white boy, and he fall into this green ooze and it make him a munchkin or something like that. Or a frog. It's something like that. There's really a legend about him. The legend of Willie Lump Lump. A boy who becomes miniaturized after falling into a experimental goo in a children's mm-hmm. picture see? book. Wow. So if you fa- he fell into that that vaginal goo. <laughs> <laughs> and he became Willie Lump Lump. 
No, but instead he impregnated her and or at least that's what she said. That's what she said. We are not for sure. That is that neither confirmed nor negated throughout said, the context that, of the film. What that got to do with me? He <laughs> and he like <laughs> make sure he enunciated clearly to her. That means it's not mine. <laughs> he said he had that Jimmy on tight. So here's here's what happened. Um, I heard him say Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, the last time I heard Jimmy was in the Five Heartbeats. <laughs> Looked into it, the grandpa and the grandmother in this mm-hmm. movie are the same parents and the Five Heartbeats. But they're not they're not together in that movie. In the Five Heartbeats? Yeah. No, are. she's they're no Mr. she is and Mrs. King. I, I thought she was the um, mother to Eddie Kane when she was like, you act like you don't even care for the boy. That's her. And then that man, uh, and then Kane's grandfather is the man who says, yeah, put the hat on your willy, protect your Jimmy, something like that. And there was like, oh, yes. wear a condom, wear rubbers. Wait, but they're okay. not together. They are, you one right. is You're right. JT yep. and Duck's dad, and, and the mother is Eddie Kane's mother. Yeah, Paul Benjamin is Eddie Kane's dad. Um, Whisper. Yeah, so. From Hoodlum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting that they came together in this movie and are the grandparents. She was mad extra when she was like, oh, you graduated. <laughs> I picture his voice. Look at the motherfucking wheels. This movie is hilarious. <laughs> Look at the... <laughs> No, it's not. I'm not laughing no more. It's serious. It's a serious. Thing. But Clifton Powell, aka Pinky, be like, Yo, what? Yo, nigga, let me get some links with them grits, man. Hurry up. I'm hungry than a motherfucker out here. Fuck, I look like Alice, bitch. Ooh, see, see, ah, I, I was not looking at it from a, from that type of place. I was very hurt. <laughs> I was concerned about that white man coming up. And talking to him, I was like, what are he doing? What kind of illegal activity is he in? He was undercover. He was exploiting the oppression of these peoples by having them commit crimes for him that he would financially benefit from. And without and having while having them assume all of the risk. But um, I guess, okay, so my last quotable is I guess the most probably the most famous, the most renowned from the movie. I, I thought so, you know what I'm saying that you done I, fucked up now, you know that, don't you? see you think it's funny too now Now, you definitely bought the bottle at 11 15 yeah uh uh-huh that definitely 11 it was 11 15 (laughs) now you know you done fucked up right (laughs) you bought the bottle at 12 15 yeah 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 uh-huh yeah if i if i if i recall yeah (laughs) Shout out to Bill Duke, the legend. You know you're the fucked up now, right? Okay, so there are other, I guess Kane kind of puts it all together when he says, like, at the beginning and the end of the movie that the hood is funny like that sometimes. Like, yeah, stuff is going on, but you got to find the funny. That's survival. That's a strength. I suppose. Look, okay, my childhood and want no funny. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can laugh about it now. I can laugh about it then. I'm sure the situations weren't funny, but I'm sure that, that somebody said something in that moment that was hilarious. 
I think it's just the nature of, of black people at times just to find humor and things. It's just how we just are. That's how we survive. I agree. It's a survival technique. It's it, That's why it's a strength. I fully believe that. And it, but it also doesn't make it okay as to what happened in this movie. It doesn't, but you got to find the funny. Like, every time somebody gets shot or hit, like, this movie, all the bullets and everything sound extra juicy. Like, people was getting hit, and it was like... <laughs> Ew. Ew, I never even listened to it like that. <laughs> I'm never watching this movie again, by the way. I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I appreciate the uh, basically the YouTube tutorial video on how to cook up crack that was I mean, <laughs> featured in the I, film. That's exactly <laughs> it. I was thinking that too. I was like, yeah, like now I know how to make crack thanks to all of my hip hop music that I listened to growing up when it was the 90s. Thanks to this movie. And also currently, <laughs> thanks to Snowfall. Thanks, guys. I know how to make crack. <laughs> I feel like people, his father taught him how to make crack before he died. He died at 10. So he was giving him early, like here, these are the best. This is the best way that I know for you to make money. Financial literacy is very important. You have to be able to survive out here. So this is how I make money. Let me teach you my trade. He taught him a trade early in life so that Kay would always be able to be self-sufficient. Parents are just instilling and carry on family businesses. Okay, so here's my issue. All right, so <laughs> clearly this is, the and, and what was interesting is that the writers definitely put into context the riots and then mm-hmm. soon after the drugs entering their their neighborhoods, right? He said when the riots stopped, the drugs started. The drugs started, right. And so with that, it kind of brings into context, again, how Black neighborhoods were impacted by this. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's more than just the drugs itself. But of course, again, it's that lineage. So his father was the, the popular guy in the neighborhood, you know, Mm -hmm. and was able to teach that to his son. And then, unfortunately, the lineage ends. Well, let's let's that's determined whether or not he got to the little one that he was uh, mentoring. What's his name? <laughs> um, Brandon. <laughs> Anthony. Oh, not Brandon. Anthony. Yeah. Because who knows what he taught him? He probably like he taught him how to say, "I'm gonna kick your ass." I'll whoop your ass. Okay, so she was being a hypocrite. So he learned it. He learned that from you. Well, you inviting this man in your house. So if you really don't want him to learn how to do drive-bys, why do you have people who do drive-bys in your house? How can you not have them in your house? They live right there. And then your man is like the mentor to this guy who for some reason feels like he needs to come and hit you up and give you money every time he comes through. Uh, you talk about Kane, you talk about Pernell, because I'm confused Kane. as to whether who is her man in this instance. Let's get into Jagged Pika and how she is uh, grooming and how life is imitating art and how she grooms young men that she had in her home that were friends with her uh, son that she then became <laughs> entangled with. <laughs> Zone compensated. Okay, Let's talk about it. Let's talk about table. it. Okay, and I will be at the red table, table like, bitch, you are a predator. Leave these little boys alone. <laughs> <laughs> Pernell, Pernell, is that how you say it? Pernell, yes. Pernell, I'm going to name my son that. Yo, West Coast be having some names for you. 
Pernell. Pernell. Come get. Pernell, put that down. Get in here, Pernell. <laughs> Come in, Close Pernell. my door. Come pass me this remote. <laughs> anyway, Pernell's the one that was in jail. And he, mm-hmm. he said that was like his mentor. It was like his father. Exactly. And so I feel like <laughs> that you so you don't you don't find that you don't find that problematic on, on Ronnie's behalf. On her part. Yes. She was trying to get out the game, you know, like goats. You she was mm-hmm. trying to get out mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like you still bringing your little sh- your shenanigans over here. You know what I'm saying, King? I mean, I'm letting yeah. you in. I'm letting you in. You sitting at the table. It ain't like I said, I got a letter for you. Here you go. I, I met you at the door. I said she at the table. It. I let you go play video games with my son. I invite you over when I don't invite the rest of the crew over. And um, we're not going to also we're not we're going to gloss over the fact that uh, when they did have a sexual encounter that he never really gave consent. She kissed him. He said, hey, no, that's not cool. And then she blocked the exit. OK. If okay. this was it. No, 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 no. He never said yes. He just went along with it. And if you notice, they're playing R. Kelly during the sex scene. See, now there's layers to this movie as to why it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. You're making my point right then. Okay? <laughs> okay, so, okay, well, then let me bring you to funny. So, is it... <laughs> when he asked for his beer, when Anthony asked for... Can I have, I'm thirsty. Can I have a beer? That was funny. No, I was talking about the sex scene, but... Okay. <laughs> so we talked about when uh we did set it off about uh Blair Underwood using the chain and running it down her back to her booty. <laughs> and so then in this movie, we see Kane kissing down her back. Is it because Jada don't have like body body that we always get her back in sex scenes? I'm not entirely sure. And then I thought or do you think she just like writes that into her contract? Like, y'all, I'm not really okay with nudity, but I'll give y'all my back and booty. Sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. You know, usually I cover my eyes during sex scenes. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that. Thank you for providing that bit of information. It seems so factual and real. (laughs) You know know what's awkward? You know what's really awkward? Watching a sex scene and like watching a movie that you know has a sex scene in it with people that are older than you. You're like, (laughs) I'm, I'm an adult. I'm an adult, but this is awkward. I would like you know to I mean? mention that I've, I've watched all of these movies with <laughs> caregivers at the time. I'm like, That's how I was seeing them as a child. But <laughs> oh my God, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's okay. Well, see, yeah. No, none of, none of my caregivers really were like, here, you can watch this with me. Well, maybe they did. That's why I saw bits and pieces. And it was just, I feel like as a kid, stuff just really didn't sit right with me. So I was about to say, I feel like your attention span might not have given you the ability. <laughs> I would be like, okay, I'm out. I'm going to play with my Barbie. I oh, yeah, bet. this movie was on. You said I could watch it. Okay. Uh, okay. Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. I don't want to watch this. Someone just got shot. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not give... Um, Ronnie a full diagnosis I just would if she was my client I feel that she learned that love was like um almost like an abuse of power differentials because while Pernell is really older I don't think that she was quite Pernell's age either so he was an older man targeting her and then now she's an older woman targeting um Kane so I just feel like she learned that that was like you use that power in order to like that's what relationships are that's what 
how love exists. And so I would want to work on that with her because, yeah, because even like at the end where they go visit Pernell, she had like, she was being mean to him and had an attitude with him. And at first I didn't understand why, but then I felt like, no, you feel like you have to be mad at Pernell in order to justify you fucking on his young head to yourself. And you're not going to be mad at yourself. So you have to be mad at Pernell to make it okay for you to be messing with Kane. That's how you're justifying that in your head. Or what if that's just the nature of their relationship? Like it was, it was toxic to begin with. She ain't really fuck with him like that. And so having to go visit him is like, uh, here we go. Then why is you there? Because it's, she's for the streets. She belonged to the streets. <laughs> not in a relationship why she go visit uh why she go visit if that's because he set her up that like Kane said he set her up in the house she ain't got no job he said he set her up with some money and Kane be giving money mm. she oh first that's all i got you're right hey, <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> so um, i'll be working i would be using a uh, dialectical behavioral therapy to uh, prevent Ronnie from being from the streets. That is what we would focus on. The, her lessening her for the streetsness. That would be our treatment goal. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to lessen for your streetsness by doing DBT, being mindful of your street behavior. <laughs> <laughs> of your availability to the street. Um, that made me okay. think about 3 Six Mafia. Don't save her. <laughs> she don't want to be, be safe. Okay, I Hey. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I, mean, <laughs> I think for her again I, I didn't really give her uh, a diagnosis either because it was hard to like really pinpoint what she's going through because some of it mm, I mean I don't want to say that that's not nice but don't be judgy <laughs> right don't be judgy don't be judgy. She brought up a lot of that, that those issues she was experiencing on herself, you know, by staying mm -hmm. in it, you know. Um, but at the same time, we don't know why she stayed, you know. So there might have been other reasons why she might have had to stay. I mean, limited, well, clearly limited opportunities. She said mm -hmm. that, um, well, clearly Kane said that she wasn't working. When he came over that one time, she was studying, but she was just sitting at a typewriter. So I was like, is she like in city college trying to get some like business skills or is mm -hmm. she studying for a civil service exam? Uh, like, are you really just in this connection with Pernell because that is the child of your father and he provided you a house and he's continuing to provide money, I'm assuming, by doing dirt in prison so that, you know, they hit you her off with a couple dollars here and there. Um, and then Kane is providing. So is that... Parnell <laughs> <laughs> is OG Bobby Johnson, okay? He makes things happen. <laughs> For real. He must have had a phone, you know, snuck in. And you know how those get in there. Girl, they didn't have those. Do you know how big the cell phones was in 1993? I would hate to see a man sneak a whole 1993 cell phone in there. Who's next? <laughs> um, I was thinking, all right. <laughs> Come on now, we got. I feel like we got to get old dog out the way because I feel like that's gonna take forever. Really? I thought we would agree on that. You go first. Ah, I don't <laughs> want to. Because <laughs> you gonna shut it down. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. I was gonna give him bipolar two disorder. What? 
<laughs> no, I could I could definitely see that. I could definitely I can see where you're going with that. Can you justify okay. it with a little bit of criteria for me, please? I, I, I that wasn't the diagnosis I gave, but mm -hmm. go ahead. All right, so I was gonna say bipolar two disorder, um, hypomanic episode. This is a distinct period of abnormally and persistent elevated, expansive, or irritable mood, and abnormally and persistent increased activity and energy. So, I mean, again, we don't know what what old dog was like before this incident, as far as the convenience store, but he was extremely and abnormally irritated, you know? And then this is something that is persistent. And if this is based off of the description of the movie, these are the, the several days after this young man is done with high school. And this is just the everyday life um, leading up until his death. Um, yeah, this is one summer. Time, one this is summer. one summer. And so throughout this time, there really hasn't been a time where he, you know, was at like a, not I don't want to say a low mood, but like more of like a uh, homeostasis, if you will. And so he did seem extremely, you know, energetic and irritable. And then um, he really did have this inflated self-esteem when he had he was really excited and proud of the video tape. He showed it <laughs> to everybody. That's one of the criteria B. Uh, decreased need for sleep. I can't say that he that what his sleeping patterns were, um, but he did seem more talkative than usual, especially in the car when going to go uh, shoot the people that shot um, well, Kane's cousin. I've never done it myself. I mean, I never had a reason to. But when they killed my cousin, I knew I was gonna kill them. Hey man, so you like my little tape, don't you? Yeah, that shit was cool, nigga. Yeah, nigga. That's a problem. You should have came to the wax point. You could have did it much better. Oh, shit, nigga. It's all about old dog, nigga. You know, I'm larger than that nigga, Steven Seagal. I'm going to be a big-ass movie star out that shit. Look, nigga, I told you to stop showing the fucking tape. And why you keep on bitching about my tape, man? God damn, ain't shit going to happen. All right? All right? Damn. And we just going to find these little marks and smoke them. Shit ain't that hard. As long as it ain't no crowd. Look, I'm not killing no kids on no old folks, all right? <laughs> hey, man, who the fuck call me old out there at 12 o'clock at night, man? Shit, nigga, I smoke anybody, nigga. I just don't give a fuck. Shit, I'm gonna hit this shit, nigga. Look, all right, not me, all right? I'm not killing no kids. And you know what, nigga? You acting like a little bitch right now. You acting real paranoid and shit. Now these motherfuckers smoked your goddamn cousin in front of you, nigga. Blew his head off in front of your face, and you ain't gonna do shit? You acting like a little bitch right now, nigga. Man, fuck that. I ain't letting that shit ride. We gonna go ahead and smoke all these motherfuckers. I don't care who the fuck out there. God damn it. Is you down, nigga? Man, both of y'all shut the fuck up. Both of y'all acting like some motherfucking bitches. shit. Scared to kill these punk-ass niggas. Cap, get my motherfucking joint, nigga. That car scene is... <laughs> <laughs> they just killed your motherfucking cousin. <laughs> again, he was like, so intense in that moment. He was intense, which is why. And I his went, logic again. was like, "What? No." And Kane is like, "But I don't, I don't want to kill old people and kids. I have morals." 
Like, fuck your morals. They killed your cousins. Kill all of them. Kill anybody. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Again, this is also why it's like the flight of ideas is for him. Um, distractibility, you know, increase in goal-oriented activity on killing motherfuckers, you know, um, <laughs> and excessive involvement in activities as far as killing motherfuckers. So that's why he has bipolar 2 diagnosis from Dr. Britton. <laughs> so what say ye? So my only thing with it potentially being bipolar 2 is that we, like you said, don't know the before because they talk about all of those um that symptomology and that being an increase from the normal like and it's an observed difference from their people from from it's an observed difference by their peoples that they be with or whatever and i feel like no that's that's just him <laughs> i don't feel like there's an up and down there it just seems to be that is his whole like that is his baseline because we're introduced to o dog and kane is like o dog was the craziest nigga alive <laughs> like that's <laughs> our first sentence about him and he's America's nightmare young black and don't give a fuck and he says I'll smoke anybody I don't give a fuck and so for that it pained me it pained me with everything in me but after he shot the base head just for saying I suck your dick uh, from his own distress I felt like okay I don't want to do this but I'm gonna have to go anti-personality disorder <sighs> why didn't you want to do that I mean <laughs> He can have both of them, okay? Ah! <laughs> what? <laughs> Lorenz Tate. doing because I love my hoodlums. You know how I feel about my hoodlums. They hold a special place in my heart and in my soul. Oh, that's... <laughs> so, but... <laughs> people with um, antisocial personality disorder, AP... Are they're easily bored, have a high need for excitement, stimulation, and new experiences. And despite them being like very independent, they still want to impress people. And so, like to me, I thought of the tape and him. I'm charged, I'm selling these $59.95. Like he wanted everybody to see the tape because he wanted to. The tax is ridiculous. Like pay per view, they never have a round number, it's always a $99.95. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> they also often, often struggle with like rejection and delayed uh, gratification. And so all of that, I felt like went because he was so excited when Too Short gave him that gun. He's like, you ready to put a hole in a motherfucker? And he's like, uh-huh, yeah, 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 I am. Uh-huh, get here. And so uh, let me go through the criteria real quick for antisocial personality disorder so that everyone understands why I I gave him this order and understands a little bit why I didn't want to give it to him because I love him so much. (laughs) If he had a chance to shoot you, he shoots you too. Mm Nuh-uh. I know how to interact with antisocial personality disorder people. Anywho, uh, (laughs) I felt that he met uh, the area of criteria that I felt that he met was failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors, as indicated by repeatedly performing acts that are grounds for arrest, impulsivity, (laughs) (laughs) irritability and aggressiveness. As indicated by uh, physical fights or assaults. Like, even after Kane beat up Eileen, a cousin, he still had to go kick him one good time. One good time. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> reckless disregard for safety of self or others. We've already established he doesn't give a fuck. 
and then lack of remorse as indicated by being indifferent to or rationalizing having hurt, mistreated, or stolen from another. So in his mind, the things that he does, he can rationalize them and he doesn't see the error or have any remorse um, towards that or empathy towards his victims. But that doesn't mean that he is devoid of experiencing empathy at all because once Sharif, he sees um, Sharif did, he, he, you can visibly see that he's upset by that and but it's not something that he did so even if he killed one of them boys that was shooting at them in the car he wouldn't feel remorse to them but he can express that hurt for Sharif you know it's interesting because um I would have given Kane the anti-social no 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 why I will get into that in a second. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I mean, I didn't really give it to him, but that's one. That's now that you're reading out, I was like, he could fit that too. I mean, they two peas in the pod. Shit. No, I feel like they are very different people. Okay. K has a moral compass. But granted, sometimes he ignores it. It exists. It is there. He, old dog don't see nothing wrong with the shit he doing. Y'all want these cheeseburgers? No, nigga, no one has an appetite after witnessing you murder somebody for nothing. (laughs) And then it's from a base head. Like, who knows how long he had them fucking cheeseburgers? Like, what? (laughs) Get that out of here from a dead man's hand. What? I hate him. (laughs) Old dog was so annoying. (laughs) I really did not like him. Uh, He was hilarious to me. You're on his nutsack. (laughs) (laughs) You're on his nutsack. Unfortunately, however, though, there are limited effective treatment modalities for um, antisocial personality disorders. Um, So I guess, I don't know, I would be schema therapy. Maybe I would do with him. Definitely some medication. We got to calm that down. But it did appear to me that he was using alcohol to self-regulate himself. Because if you see when he was drinking, he was cool. He was chilling. It's when he like it's before either before or like in the absence of alcohol. So they were going to the store to get the alcohol. Can't immediately open his or drink his. Oda never opened his. He shot that man in the head. But like when he was drinking and stuff, when he had a bottle of beer, he was chilling. So his his uh, medication would be... I feel like he's self-medicating and we would work on we would work on some more better self-regulation skills and build those up in other more... Um, healthy ways as opposed to maladaptive behavior such as drinking to self-regulate himself and control his impulsivity and um aggressiveness you know i feel like old dogs um uh what you call it prognosis at this point is terrible (laughs) becomes muslim himself because he going to jail Uh, he going to jail but he ain't finding a lot there I mean, he might, he might have to, especially because um, his he lost his friend. I feel like he gonna be like, this will honor him, and I'm gonna get my life back on track, and that's that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. He's gonna. I feel like O Dog is going to prison, not even jail. He's going to prison, and he's going to join a gang. He might be successful in what he does and live long and and you know earn rank within the set that he's banking for, but um. Yeah. While I love him, I just don't see it going good. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Next. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh dog excuse me your hour is up we have another client <laughs> yep <laughs> bye okay so you brought up Kane so I'll jump into Kane I did not diagnose him with antisocial personality disorder um I first bounced around possibly in other specified trauma or stressor related disorder being through all of uh given all of the trauma experiences that he has had since a young child seeing Samuel Jackson be his Samuel Jackson as your daddy <laughs> one <All right. laughs> But this, yeah, um, so you know, Jackson, as your daddy uh, murdered someone, your mom uh, being an addict, um, dying from an overdose, your father being killed, all of those things. But then I felt, let's go a little bit past that. And I felt like he might have, um, and I would like to assess for him having a full on depressive mood disorder because the onset of depression usually follows one or more traumatic life events, which um, often involves like an interpersonal loss. Stressors involving loss are strongly correlated with depression where like the threat of danger or the threat of loss usually goes along more so with anxiety. And traumatic events that occur early in life can alter the neurobiological stress response and make an individual more susceptible to um, later on developing a depressive disorder in general. And, and then Kane's grandfather asked him, like, do you care whether you live or die? And him first saying, I don't know. Like later on, getting to the place of, yeah, I do, but it's too late now. And him saying, like, I thought killing those fools would make me feel good, but it didn't. Like, I didn't feel anything. Him not being able to um, go through those range of emotions and him not feeling feeling hopeless in a lot of situations kind of also create created like a self-fulfilling prophecy for himself and confirmation bias. Um, him feeling hopeless and it being evidenced by like the state of like existing as a black man in society and when he was talking to Ronnie about going to Atlanta he was like okay girl it's still in America Atlanta's still in America like I'm still gonna be black these people still not gonna give a fuck like and so him having that almost negative outlook on life like people were trying to give him different outs but he could not see them because I felt like he was in that depressive state where he couldn't see past what he was feeling and what was going on at that time and also gave him some v codes of victim of a crime upbringing away from parents all of that because you know he got shot and stuff and hit mom and daddy that okay I I like what I like where you're going with that um I actually did the trauma and stressor-related uh, disorders. I mm-hmm. actually did reactive attachment disorder mm-hmm. because of him having to experience the caregivers in his home clearly weren't attentive. And so I feel like he became emotionally withdrawn. In order for him to have like survived that, there's some things that I feel like he would have had to do. And like, Yes, he he did have to end up living with his grandparents. But again, like even when they they like embrace him, he doesn't seem like he's wanting like comfort. He doesn't respond to to the comfort of being mm-hmm. around them. And then a persistent social and emotional disturbance characterized by characterized by two of the following minimum social and emotional responsiveness to others, limited positive affect and episodes, unexplained irritability, sadness or fearfulness that are evident even during non-threatening interaction with adult caregivers. So for me, I would say um, just minimal social and emotional responsiveness to others and limited positive affect. 
you feel like he he's has limited positive affect because affect is just how you present. I feel like he can uh, present appropriately with positive affect and respond to things in that way. He didn't smile. He hardly uh huh. When he was around his friends, he just didn't around his grandparents. And he didn't really smile with Jada either. She said, you need to smile some. I mean, even when he was in the... Bitch, I just got shot! Find something to smile about, okay? You're right. I'm in the hospital! It hurts. I don't care. See, if Jada was a man, this would be completely... It came with women. It would be very different. It would be like, uh, where my smile at? Why you ain't smile? Like, that's how she sounds. She just sounds like a creep dude. Ugh! Ronnie, I just think you have a thing against Jada we need to talk about. I have a thing against predator women that prey on young men. Mm-hmm. I said it. Who gonna whoop me? Jada. I'd oh. love to see her try. Ah, that would be a fun fight. No, it wouldn't, because I ain't fighting no old woman. I get my mama to whoop her. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom will be starstruck. Hey, Jada, let me get that autograph. <laughs> Sorry for my daughter's misbehavior. <laughs> yeah, right. She'd be like, let me take this picture, girl. All right, I got to whoop your ass because you've been talking to my daughter reckless. Man, All nah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Roll up the sleeve. Put my hand upon it. What you say about my baby? Hey, yeah, I'm going to post that picture later. I'm going to tag you, girl. I'm going to tag you. But yeah, um, yeah, put your fist up. <laughs> okay, but um, I can't see where you are going. I think that we are agreeing that the his childhood traumas are reflective of what we do see here i think that um maybe with further assessment and stuff we could kind of get to exactly which one it is but i i definitely feel that we are agreeing that the childhood trauma was very impactful in his life that he is not responding as um in a healthy manner and so for you 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 would say that was more attributable to the rads where i'm saying like maybe possibly depressive mood disorder um but yeah (laughs) kane went through it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he did. And I think that maybe rea- reactive attachment disorder for an adult especially can can lead to, to major depression. Yes, absolutely. we agree. Yeah. So I think I was just looking more so at the the child version of pain. So diagnosing eight year old or however the little boy yeah. from Soul Food was playing him, that cane would be diagnosed with rats. Right. And then adult cane right. would be diagnosed with still possibly a trauma, stressor-related disorder, but also the depressive mood disorder. We agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at us, Wonder Twins, collide. (laughs) Um, I guess if Kane was alive um, (laughs) and was my client, we could possibly maybe do some like behavioral activation therapy um, because it would have to be more um, structured, more solution focused, much more getting more things done, trying to activate him as opposed to going through the cognitions and the thoughts. Because Kane doesn't strike me as someone who would be patient in therapy. Um, so we would have to start engaging in some things that where he could start to see results and give homework and assignments. Like those things would have to start re- um, occurring right away for him. Um, and possibly some reality therapy, maybe like what are your goals? What are your wants? What are you doing to get there type thing? And maybe like some here and now grounding. Just we got to you got to learn how to regulate. Like, ooh, put your take your shoes off, put your feet on the floor. See if that don't make you feel like you at one place at one time. Mm-hmm. Breathe, Good brother. Luck, breathe, man. breathe. Yeah. Give me a hug. You need a hug? <laughs> I'm scared. I don't I don't know if I really want a hug, you know? 
<laughs> I'm not afraid to give Kate a hug because Kate needs a hug and clearly he can respect boundaries. It is Ronnie that cannot. Indeed. You have a point. I, I guess, I, you know, I know. I'm not hugging him. I'm not hugging him or old dog because y'all are bad. Bad. <laughs> They are kids. They just, we don't, I don't think O-Dog has been going to school. He strikes me as truant. But Kane just graduated high school. He's a kid. Yeah, he is a kid, which is unfortunate, you know? Yes, who unfortunately is in all of these adult situations and circumstances. Um, I did not diagnose Sharice with a disorder, but I did say that he was clearly in the immersion, immersion stage of um, Black racial identity development in that model um (laughs) to give a little bit more context of what that is that is when one has grasped the uh it is characterized by a period of pro-blackness anti-white feelings and they uh, prefer to be absorbed in the black experience and completely reject the white world and definitely feel like that is where brother sharif was at in his exploration and journey through not just organized religion but his experience of being a black man in america i think had he actually lived and gone to kansas he might have moved more into the eternal internalization stage where people kind of grasp more of the fact that blacks and whites both have strengths and weaknesses and you know uh been more accepting of the achievement of pride and security in his own race as opposed to just like white is bad he would have seen more that like black excellence is good type thing. I think with his experience with the police definitely informed his decision, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how they were treated was terrible. Mm. I understand. Yes, they had their criminal activity, especially Kane, but it's just like, but they didn't know that. And they didn't know, but it's, and like I said, it doesn't justify their behavior for those two young boys. And it was sickening. And like you said, luckily, you know, where they- The essays was cool. The essays was cool, you know? They took her to the hospital. Okay, so Sharif raises a big belief and question for me that I want to ask. I -hmm. feel that like gangbanging and like basically that lifestyle, um, like even more so than- I say gangbanging because we're talking specifically L.A. today, but, you know, on the East Coast, we, you know, in the streets. Wow. Gangbang. Listen, you saying gangbang. I can't help but sing Smokey Norfolk. Song. I mean, Smokey. Smokey Norfolk? <laughs> oh! <laughs> gangbanging for Jesus? <laughs> gangbanging for Jesus. WWJD. <laughs> Smokey Robinson, Robinson. Uh, gay, gangbang. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but this is, this is being in the streets, I feel like I'm almost to the point where we should look at that almost like a behavioral addiction. To belong to the streets. Because Absolutely. you get the excitement, like you get that excitement from certain things, like that certain level of chaos can be addicting to people. And it's also like really hard to escape from like you kind of have to have an entire lifestyle change in order to escape it the same way that you do if you are stopping or trying to stop an addiction you can't go to the same playground with the same playmates and not get high the same way that you can't go to the same playground go to the same playmates and not die like sharif factuals you know when you put it in that context it definitely makes sense because it's like for most for most people who are gang or in gangs it's it's like 
it's like a really vicious cycle. The same thing with 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 drugs. It's like once you're mm-hmm. in it, it's so hard. You may try to escape it, but it's something else that's going to pull you back in. Uh, whether it be money, needing money, or you know, just feeling fulfilled, or you know, yeah, a sense of belongingness. Because a lot of times, you know, when most people are using, it's it's in social context for most for the most part. Um, and then gangs are really just for people to feel like they belong to something bigger than themselves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, so when you when we start to get to on our letter writing campaign to the APA, we're gonna have uh, should we refer to it as gang banging or should we call it street? We're gonna come up with a, a diagnosis name for being in the streets, street in the streets, this yeah. something, yeah, okay. a, a street uh, related disorder, <laughs> and it's gonna go in the behavioral addictions uh, section of the DSM and we because I feel like people need too. assistance. People really need assistance in escaping that lifestyle because it. I think people underestimate. They're like, oh, well, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just get out? Why don't you just move? But I think even for Kane, if Kane left, like if he really just left, he still would have found that element just somewhere else, whether he went to Kansas or whether he went to Atlanta, because it's to me, he it was his lifestyle was something that he was how he learned to handle and cope and go through life. And so until you change yourself, changing your environment won't change the same way. Like if you are an addict and you change your environment, that addiction might still follow you. It's like, uh, what Jay-Z say, what song is it? It's the one on, it's one of the albums that don't nobody like. But anyway, there is that one Jay-Z song where he basically equates hustling in the lifestyle. We could call it hustleitis. Hustling in the light in the lifestyle. He had hustleitis and he uh, related that to being an addict. And it, he like, Wrapped about the one as a parallel of like, yeah, it's a whole thing. But, you know, what else? I can't That's think of this song right now. You, you're going to diagnose. You get F6.3 hustleitis severe with, um, with mood. With delusional features. With delusional. You have a substance induced <laughs> hustleitis. <laughs> Damn. We did that. You know what? Let me write the letter right now. Yeah, we need to get on this typewriting right now. ASAP. Right. Hustleitis. So hustleitis mild can potentially not interfere with your normal functioning. Hustleitis yeah. severe yeah. can be detrimental. Yeah, I think they were all severe. To limiting your functioning. Anywho. <laughs> okay, so Chauncey. I diagnosed him with two things. So another fake diagnosis that I'm going to, you know, just run through real quick is I diagnosed him. Yeah, I diagnosed him with bitch assness. I don't know if you remember, but back when the band used to come on, uh, Diddy said that it was it was an epidemic running rampant through our community and we had to do something about it. And I feel like it was even evident here. Bitch assness. Chauncey suffered from it severely uh, with mixed features. Maybe we should add that to the DSM as well. There's so many. We should just make our own. We should just stop using this this white man tool of oppression that symptomizes people's everyday living. That's the name of our whole podcast. Okay, let's let's relax. We could still, we'll just call it um, (laughs) the diagnosing... (laughs) 
Okay, so anyway, we'll make our own. We'll come up with the name later. Anywho, I also then diagnosed him with alcohol intoxication, which we do see him intoxicated several times. One thing that did bother me, though, is that when the one time when he got up, when the white man was at the door and Matt uh, Wax was like, well, why are you holding that? Uh, he had a sporty. He was like, why are you holding that like a baby doll? He said, because I like little girls. Where your sister at? I was like, ew, yes. ew, that's not funny. I know. That I'll give you that. That was not funny. I found I found something. Compromise. See, I, I try. I do my part. <laughs> but um also we see evidence of that at Ronnie's uh going away party where he had recently ingested alcohol and was exhibiting slurred speech, um, incoordination, and unsteady gait. Gait is kind of like your manner of walking. I call it the drunk man stagger. Um, he kind of had that going on, <laughs> his incoordination. And clearly he lost his whole plum fool mind if he thought that he was just going to push up on Ronnie. And Kane just won't going to do nothing. It got your whole pistol, yeah, pistol whipped. I know. And then went and snitched. Like, really? And see, that was a, 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 that was a result of his bitch assness. The bitch assness is, what, is why he snitched and sent the tape. Because you got your ass whooped and everybody was laughing at you. <laughs> He said, I don't care. This is like you on TV getting your ass whooped. <laughs> I was like, he played too much. You gonna make that man mad, mad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not something that you can do with someone who is suffering from bitch assness because they don't know how to control their emotions. And they do things like unnecessarily snitch. And he unnecessarily is also getting O-Dog in trouble. Like, I feel like he's forgetting that. Like, yeah, Kane, Kane might whoop your ass, but O-Dog didn't do nothing to you. And you are snitching on him, too. And getting him in even more trouble because he is really the one who pulls the trigger. And that's evident in the videotape. And you're sending that to the police because you are a bitch-ass nigga. Yeah, he really was a bitch-ass nigga for sending in that tape. I agree with that disorder. I hope we can, you know, convince APA to add it. Hustleitis and bitch-assness. And don't coming to the DSM six and ratchet. I feel like, yes, we need a separate category for a ratchet because I feel like, well, I don't know if I want to pathologize ratchetness. I'm tired of people diagnosing borderline as for ratchet. People just be ratchet and they get borderline or bipolar. I'm tired of it. I mean, that's why, yeah, that's why we have to create its own thing. It can be a V code. How about that? Ratchet will be a V code. Yeah. Yes. We're going to write this beautiful letter and they're going to be like, we got you. We got you with a V code. Or Z code, because, you know. Well, Z code is the uh, ICD-10, which is more of um, a medical diagnostic tool where DSM is used more along the lines with uh, psychological professions. Mm. Yeah. I mean, depending on how you view Ratchet, if she's sexually active and she got STDs, that ain't ratchet. That's just sucio. <laughs> a little dirty. A little dirty, but. <laughs> lump lump. That's a really lump lump disorder. <laughs> we need to add that too. Okay. We could go on and on about um, our new diagnostic tool that we will be creating um, coming to you soon <laughs> from the DSM podcast. Uh, you can send in your suggestions. We will be selling it for $59.99. But if uh, you have any other suggestions about uh, the, the diagnosis that need to go into our new diagnostic tool, feel free. Send us an email. Add us on Instagram. You know, however you do it. But um, before we go, I just wanted to not victim blame, but I wanted to highlight the Korean couple because y'all died because of your one racism. 
your exploitation of the um, the community that you were in. Uh, you're selling alcohol to minors. Neither of those young men were 21 and you didn't ask them for any ID. You're profiling, you're harassment, and you getting punked so much in front of your wife that you just had to say something. Like, why did you say something about his mama? That was very unnecessary. And your confirmation bias is what is what created your death. And so while not to victim blame you for your murder, it could have been prevented. Damn, son. Where'd you find that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> never thought about it that way very interesting it's my story and i'm sticking to it i hope you all have enjoyed the episode i had a pleasure of a time going through this hilarious movie and showing highlighting all of the funny to dr rosie b this evening it is not funny it's it's a comedy it's a comedy uh, it's listed in the comedy section of my dvd case i'm just kidding i don't have any more dvds and if i did i don't think that i would organize them by genre but if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. Or you could always just buy our merch. Either way, it helps out. We love you guys. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye.